Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. Interest in environmental, social, and governance, or ESG, investing through corporate retirement plans is expanding rapidly. It could be because the conversation took on new relevance when the U.S. Department of Labor issued a proposal that relaxed limits on ESG investing. What are the implications of this for retirement plan fiduciaries? In this episode of the Excellent Fiduciary Podcast, we'll review the status of the federal government's efforts to encourage the use of mutual funds that reflect investment managers' consideration of ESG factors when they construct their funds. The latest installment in the regulatory back and forth over the investment of ERISA-governed retirement plan assets based on ESG factors arrived in October of 2021. It came in the form of a newly proposed regulation on the prudence and loyalty of selecting plan investments. This post focuses on the part of the regulation relating to selecting plan investments. After briefly summarizing what's new, this podcast will comment on winners and losers in this latest round of federal government guidance. We'll discuss how the proposed changes uh, affect the risks of ERISA plan fiduciaries and We'll also speculate on what it might take to settle the constant uncertainties generated by changing Department of Labor guidance in this area. Well, let's start off by talking about what's new. The proposed regulation that I alluded to a moment ago makes few really overt policy changes. Still, it takes a 180-degree turn expressing the DOL's longstanding principle that Plan investment decisions must serve the financial interests of plan participants in their retirement income without sacrificing those interests to unrelated objectives. Gone is any mention of purely money or financial considerations on which the previous regulation focused. Now, to amplify the license for plan fiduciaries to consider any factor that's material to the risk-return analysis, The proposed rule includes a list of examples focusing explicitly on climate change, corporate governance, and workplace practices. These kind of ESG considerations, far from being set in opposition to monetary factors, are now presented as prime examples of factors that may often be material to a risk-return analysis. Now, along with these very stark changes in tone and implementation, Uh, implication, the proposed law includes more politically neutral liberalization of the rules. Foremost among these is a change that rescues the long-standing so-called tiebreaker rule from irrelevance, showing planned fiduciaries to use non-economic considerations to choose between alternative investments that under the existing regulation must be indistinguishable, which will Rarely or never be the case. Under the proposed law, two investments need only equally serve the financial interests of the plan over the appropriate time horizon for the tiebreaker rule to come into play. 
Now, finally, one outright reversal of previous policy rescinds existing regulations banning or ban on qualified default investment alternatives or QDIAs that consider or include sub-funds that consider ESG factors. Well, let's talk about who the winners and losers are in this latest round. Well, they would have to include planned participants as the winners who might believe that ESG considerations are relevant to their retirement investments. Participants increasingly appear to want ESG investment options in their retirement plans, and the proposed regulation does not force ESG, though, on anyone. Participants in self-directed retirement plans who don't wish ESG considerations anywhere near their investments have only to make an affirmative choice of non-ESG investments to avoid defaulting into a QDIA that includes an ESG component. Investment providers are also clear winners under the proposed regulation, especially those that seek to offer QDIAs with ESG components. The proposal will be welcomed more broadly by the many investment providers that operate globally, including those in jurisdictions where consideration of ESG factors is mandatory. Uh, finally, on balance, it appears that planned fiduciaries are more winners than losers under the proposed regulation. On the one hand, planned fiduciaries contemplating the addition of an ESG investment option seem to have somewhat lower risk under the proposed rule than under the existing regulation and its implied enforcement priorities. The previous version under the Trump era, for example, had somewhat intimidating information requests that were sent to plan sponsors offering ESG investments. It's clear to point out, though, and important to point out, that there remains the risk that guidance in this area will change again in the future. Under the current proposal, certain risks created by the existing regulation would arguably be replaced by new risks for fiduciary decision makers. Well, let's talk about the changes in risks for fiduciaries for a moment. While the proposed regulation may seem to lower the risks facing fiduciaries charged with selecting investments by liberalizing the factors that they can consider, there are some who have speculated that the proposed regulation creates a presumption that ESG factors must be considered and thus poses a new risk for fiduciaries who might prefer to disregard ESG considerations. So we wonder right now, is this a valid concern? Uh, and that's largely an unanswered question. Despite a request for comments on whether climate change should be a presumptively material economic consideration, the proposal still, still leaves it up to fiduciaries to determine what factors are material to their risk-return analysis. It seems unlikely that a Department of Labor examiner or even a court would second-guess a fiduciary's decisions uh, on how much weight to give to the ESG factors listed in the proposed regulation. However, the proposed regulation leaves untouched and may even, in even increase certain risks facing fiduciaries who might wish to embrace ESG investing more fully. And nowhere does the proposed regulation give a planned fiduciary protection for choosing to put ESG-themed funds on a plan's investment platform based on the availability of other non-ESG funds. Plan participants 
who ask their plan sponsor fiduciaries to seek to use the restored tiebreaker rule may do so really at the peril of the fiduciaries because the proposed regulation requires a fiduciary who uses the tiebreaker rule to ensure that the collateral characteristic used to break the tie is prominently displayed in disclosure materials. What that means is the proposed regulation doesn't say that the collateral characteristic must be identified as having broken a tie, but that it may be what was intended. So we'll have to wait and find out as these cases that are bound to erupt from ESG investing work their way through the Department of Labor and, and sadly, some of them through the courts. Well, the leading source of risk for investment fiduciaries remains the same as before the release of the proposed regulation, namely the risk of being caught on the wrong side of the ESG question under a future administration that issues new guidance with different priorities. In its fact sheet on the new proposal, the Department of Labor itself refers to stakeholders using a ping-pong metaphor to describe the regulatory back and forth. Our advice is that fiduciaries should proceed with caution until the DOL's dialogue on ESG has settled into a durable set of rules. The partisan reactions to the proposed regulation that have appeared so far suggest that the back and forth is far from over. Well, what would it take for guidance in this area to reach a state of equilibrium such that the rules aren't subject to change with each new administration. One possibility would be for regulators to adopt studied neutrality by including ESG factors among many others when listing examples of factors that may be material to a risk-return analysis instead of focusing solely on the legitimacy of ESG factors. Another would be for regulators to acknowledge openly the difference between a change in policy and a mere clarification in an area where previous guidance has left confusion. The DOL does seem to be aware that stability in the applicable regulation should be a top regulatory priority, given the planned fiduciaries have to evaluate potential investments over a long time horizon. ESG investing has come a long way in the past six months. Uh, between mid to late 2021 and early 2022, most fund managers have begun creating ESG options covering almost every asset class. I'll note here that ESG is not itself an asset class. One of the critical duties of a fiduciary is to monitor the marketplace and understand potential investment, uh, investment options that are available to participants. A retirement plan's investment policy statement is the measuring stick for evaluating funds that purport to, per, uh, to pursue an ESG strategy. The mix of factors that combine to determine the composition of ESG funds is evolving, making IPS modifications challenging to settle at the moment. It's clear ESG investing is not going away. Government agencies are pushing companies to comply with environmental issues. Consequently, planned fiduciary should monitor the ESG landscape closely. Well, thank you for joining us on this podcast. We ask you, invite you to go to our website at rolandchris.com for more topics about the role and duties of fiduciaries who serve employee benefit plans qualified under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. 
Join us next week. And until then, have a great day.